Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, family? This is about to be the most fun show, honestly, that we've had all summer. But really, we've all been waiting for this. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers, they are getting hard knocks. I cannot wait to see. All eyes will be on this. Wait, 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 wait. Y'all were not supposed to show this yet. Y'all weren't supposed to show this. Me and Joy... Netflix premieres, the whole, <laughs> I mean, not the whole. Why are we the same, we were, the same pose, you know, you know, I did, yeah, I yelled at him about this. Hey, uh, you ready, you ready to leave? Yeah. 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 They didn't invite the us squad. to the, you know what I'm saying? what happened was, mm-hmm. look, what had happened was, yeah. they didn't tell me until the last night. Gotcha. It's, it's all good. You know, I was driving yeah. home. You know. They said, hey, the Netflix premiere, quarterback, Mahomes, yeah. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, and Kelsey going to be there. And so I didn't. It's too bad. I already know how it goes. You probably, you probably thought about me and said, nah. <laughs> He's probably got something going on. That's all good. We're going to have some fun on this show. This is Speak. That is Slick. Rick the Buker, NBA insider, brilliant mind of all things sports. To his right, the brilliant Joy Taylor. And my guy stepping in for LaShawn McCoy. This is James Jones right here. Happy birthday, Shady. Love you. Happy birthday. Hope you enjoyed it wherever you are at. All right, let's get back to the Jets. Hard knocks. This time to talk Aaron Rodgers. Everybody loves hard knocks. But you particularly love Hard Knocks when you have a superstar that's going to be debuted. And it was announced earlier today that the Jets will be on this season's of Hard Rock, Hard Knocks. Now, Rodgers is a new teammate to the Jets after 18 seasons on the Packers. His squad reports to training camp next week. I can not <laughs> wait. It's a privilege to do the show every day because y'all are watching, but it's also a privilege to do the show when we have teammates that played with superstars, teammates that led the league in receiving touchdowns, which James did in 2012, I believe 14 of them, teammates that won Super Bowls with the likes of Aaron Rodgers. So no better person to have this conversation than the one sitting to my right. Do you think that hard knocks will be great for Aaron Rodgers? Do you love it or do you hate it? I love it for him because, I mean, I think the world is going to be able to kind of get an insight on how Aaron Rodgers really is. You know, you see Aaron Rodgers' interviews, you know, everybody like he come off a little sour and all that type stuff, you know what I mean, which a lot of us, you know, we really don't like to be there anyway, so we try to get up (laughs) out of there, go get to lunch or whatever. But, no, I think this will be really good for for Aaron strictly because the world is going to see how how great of a teammate he is. This dude I've been around, I, I play with Aaron, Rodgers for eight eight years, right? Really good friend of mine, but he's a character. He's a character in the locker room. He's a character on the football field. He's a perfectionist. Yeah. So you're going to be able to see how this dude prepares, how he's getting these young fellas ready. A lot of the stuff he talk about, obviously they're not going to give you everything, but you'll be able to see truly the type of person and teammate Aaron Rodgers is. This dude's a jokester. I done seen him put turkeys and crabs and all that in people's lockers and all that. Jokesters in the meeting rooms. I done seen him at weddings 
Wednesday, like the wedding over. He like, no, it's not here. How much cash you need? We're going to add a couple extra hours on this wedding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be really good for, for, for the world to be able to see Aaron Rodgers in that light hmm. to truly see what type of dude he is. Well, Joy, what do you think? I cannot wait for your opinion of this one. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, love or hate it? Hard oh, my God, I love it so much for yep. us. I love it so much for me. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's, like, it's a gift. And I'll let you guys in on something. If it's good for me, I'm, I'm going to feel good about it. <laughs> and this is good for me. This is good for us. This is a blessing. This is Christmas morning. Um, I mean, Hard Knocks obviously is usually interesting, but when you put the biggest headline of the offseason, the biggest storyline of this NFL season on Hard Knocks, hmm. and it's Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and it's New York, it's amazing. Now, yeah. how it's going to be for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, I don't know, but I have a few little, little nuggets for you. Remember the last time the New York Jets were on Hard Knocks mm -hmm. was the year that my brother, Jason Taylor, hi Jay, uh. <laughs> was on the Jets. He couldn't find the facility that was like, <laughs> you remember it was a very notorious year. Yeah. Rex was crazy, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah. They were the most successful team since the 2001, since it started yeah. out of every team. 2001, Ravens, lost the divisional round. Cowboys missed, Chiefs missed, Cowboys missed, 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 lost wild card, lost wild card, missed, 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 missed lost, lost. Not really a successful season if Hard Knocks is in their building at the, to the start of the season. Mm -hmm. Except for the Jets. Mm -hmm. They went to the AFC Championship game. Now they lost, but they did make it to the AFC Championship game. And guess who won the Super Bowl that year? Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Huh. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> I don't know how good it's like going it. to be Ooh. for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I like where she took us there. But, <clears throat> but it is, I'm thrilled. Could be happier. Yeah. Well, that was well done. I, I will say, they got it right in terms of Hard Knocks because I feel like we have so much access now that you need something really unique. And as yeah. soon as this came up, I'm like, oh, they got it. <laughs> they got it right. So I love it for us. Kind of hate it for Aaron. And I hear your mm -hmm. point, James. I love it for him. I, I understand that there's a part of Aaron that we, we may not have seen. Yep. I don't know if we're going to see it on Hard Knocks. Mm. But I do know that the more we've peeled back on Aaron and the behind-the-scenes Aaron, the corkier and the stranger he has appeared. We, we've, we've got the acid trips. We've got the darkness retreats. We've got, <laughs> we've got the relationships with Olivia Munn and Danica Patrick. We've got the, the strained relationship with his family. So I don't know where it's going to go. And like I said, I'll be interested to see where it goes and if they capture it. But... If I think about the way I looked at Aaron Rodgers, say, 10, 15 years ago, before I knew all of kind of the personal viewpoints and all of that, I'd say I had a more gilded <laughs> perspective on him than I do now. So it'll, it'll be entertaining one way or the other. Let me say it like this. I love it for Aaron Rodgers because, interestingly enough, I think our opinion of Aaron Rodgers will likely be shifted positively. James mm -hmm. is an OG, an OG particularly when you talk about the likes of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I haven't heard too many OGs that don't like Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. I know True. a bunch of young pups that don't. know a bunch of them. But when you talk about whether it's James, I spent time with Bakhtiari. I've trained in an offseason back in the gap with Clay Matthews. Whether you talk about Randall Cobb, who I obviously know well. Whether you talk about Jordy Nelson. Uh, if you think about some of the old heads, even Greg Jennings, I think they had a little public tiff, but now since they have amended it, all the old heads love Aaron Rodgers. There's got to be a reason. Mm. Got to be a reason. I mean, he ain't crazy. He's been sitting with us the last three days. He ain't crazy. I don't know. So, <laughs> like, there has to be something that we don't know. And I think the more we see some of these 
inside access things. Opinions change. Slick, yeah. we didn't need any more uh, ammo to love Michael Jordan. We didn't. But when we saw The Last Dance, there it is, dude. and we saw, oh, was he sick? Was it pizza? Yeah. We didn't need any more ammo to think, yo, Dennis Rodman, a wild boy. Mm-hmm. But when we saw The Last Dance <laughs> and we heard he went to Vegas for two nights, and then like Jordan or whoever had to go bring him go back him, and yeah. all that, we were like, yo, Rodman, even crazier than we thought. I'll personalize it, then I'll hand the ball to you. Last night when I wasn't watching the Netflix premiere, when I wasn't at, you know, mm. the premiere with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Must be nice. When I wasn't there. So a movie, y'all got to check it out. But last night when I was watching that, there was a scene between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Never before seen. It's, I won't spoil the whole thing, but Patrick Mahomes gets into it with Max Crosby. Beast for the Raiders, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. In that scene, you can see Patrick Mahomes, what he's saying to Max Crosby. Afterwards, after the movie, I'm talking to Pat, and I'm like, yo, I didn't know you had that in you. He's like, yeah, y'all see a lot more of that dog in me than the world lets y'all to believe. I left thinking, mm-hmm. oh, Pat liked that. Mm-hmm. Not his game, duh, his game is like that. I left thinking, yo, Pat got some dog in him that I never yep. before realized. I think we will think the same of Aaron Rodgers. It might not be dog, it might not be this, but we will leave with a different impression. No, 100%. I, I, honestly, I hope you're right, but... What I wonder, and I don't know, and maybe this will answer, is do the OGs respect and have a different view of Aaron because of who he was then versus who he is now? And who is he going to be surrounded by? Yeah, there's a couple guys that have come along for the ride, but this is is going to be brand new young guys. How's that, like, what's that interaction going to be? And it it may very well be, be good, but... I don't know. There is, because of what you pointed out, there's such a disparity Mm -hmm. between the guys who ride with him, ride and die with him, and then the guys who are like, eh. Yep. Well, well, number one, it's always like that because when you come into a building and you got a leader and a veteran like Aaron Rodgers, it's done a certain way. Just like when people say, I hate playing for New England because it's done a certain way over there, right? So you get a lot of young players coming in there. They want to do this. They know this is how it's done. You got what I'm saying? This is how we are going to do it here, right? So a lot of that stuff, sometimes it can be like, hey, I'm a shy away from them. I don't know relationship-wise to do that. We weren't like that. We came in there as OGs, whatever it is. Hey, this is how it's going to get done. And it turned into winning the, winning the championship. Number two, the Jets ain't want this. The Jets didn't want, we, we, we heard this coming out, Robert Sala, like, we don't want to be on Hard Knocks, we don't want this. <laughs> so now that they got it, you think they're going to let some of that stuff come out? This is going to be done perfect. It's going to be done the right way to shed light on Sauce, to shed light on 12, to shed light on everybody in that organization to make it the right way. I promise you that. And you will see Aaron Rodgers' personality. It'll be much better just like the last dance. I mean, realistically speaking, we all know, like, way too much about each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should all know less also. about each other. We should have more of a mystery about each other. So when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I hear you, Slick. And yes, like we, Aaron has had his public moments that kind of all made us go, hmm, okay, that was a twist I wasn't expecting. Huh. It was a long list of those and some very, you know, notorious ones. Yeah. But, I mean, to do this job for me, you have to separate art from artists in some capacity. Sure in order to be not fair but reasonable and give your opinion. And also these are human beings. So we know that there's this heightened spotlight on what they do and say that is is not really realistic. We're going to pick apart things at a higher level. Mm -hmm. So I don't really need to learn what kind of person Aaron Rodgers is because 
that's never re- really played a part in who I think he is as a player. I don't know him personally. You know him personally. I don't know him personally. So maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's a terrible guy. I don't know. Some people think I'm a terrible person. Some think I'm, people think I'm a great person. That doesn't change my opinion of myself. So really, what I'm interested to see is how is Aaron Rodgers adjusting to the Jets? How is he dealing with younger players that aren't OGs? What's his relationship like with Sala? What's his relationship like with the rest of the offensive coaches? Like, I don't need the personal thing because that doesn't matter to me. But here's what's so fascinating. I, I, I would disagree only because, well, I do agree in large part. You and I have had many extensive conversations about separating artists from the art. I have a hard time doing that. If I know somebody's not a good person, oftentimes, I'll be honest, I apologize to y'all, it influences my take. Like, if I see somebody, I know you're just not a good human being. It's hard for me to be like, yo, but you were, it's just hard for me personally. That's my own thing. I have to deal with that. But oftentimes in sports, at least in my experience, the artist can impact the art. The only time I know of it not being so is really Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins off the football field was like kind, you know, all the things. <laughs> On the football field, he was a different type of killer. I mean, completely different. But usually, if you selfish off the field, that selfishness is going to creep in on. Mm. If you're selfless off the field, that selflessness mm. is going to creep in on. And so if Rogers shows me, and I'll be quick, if Rogers shows me more selfishness, more uh, solitude, more isolation in, 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 in hard knocks, then I might wonder, okay, well, see, Rogers, that's why this, that's why that, that's yeah. why this. No, I hear you, but it still circles back to, like, that's not our personal experience with him. That's why these shows are so interesting and that's why they don't want them in the building because it does create oftentimes narratives that otherwise we wouldn't be talking about yeah. because we don't have that access, yeah. this intimate look that is, of course, edited and shot very editorially and stirs the emotions and all those things. So if I personally know somebody's garbage, yeah, because I personally know they're garbage. So I know that that is part of who they are as a character and whatever they do. Yeah. But we are, we're going to see a glimpse and that's, again, to James's point, that's why teams don't want this. So that's why I find it very, very interesting that this is already a biggest storyline with a guy that we all have our personal opinions about yep. throughout time because he's been in our lives for as long as he hasn't been in the spotlight. On top of the fact that it's New York, that's it's going to be a very, very interesting season. Slick, take us home. Yeah, for me, it, it's just, it's, it's from my perspective. Like, I've always, always admired him as a quarterback, and I've always figured that his excellence and his efficiency is a result of him being a perfectionist. So I'm, I don't know that I'm going to learn anything there that I don't already believe. But part of what Hard Knocks does is it does take us into personal lives. It does show people who they are as people. And, you know, up until now, the glimpses that I've gotten of, of Aaron has been a little like, oh, okay, so that's who he is. And, and not that it's going to color one or the other, but it does see me in a certain, it doesn't have me see him in a certain light. I love it. I think with, with more knowledge, like Joy always says, you can update your information. So sure. the more knowledge, the more access to more information, that allows us to be better for you all. Well, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is better for Robert Sala, because if not, Robert Sala's pressure, it will collapse over him. Which head coach is under the most pressure this upcoming season? Is it Sala? Is it McCarthy of the Cowboys? Is it Bill Belichick? That's mm. next. Remember, you can check us out every day. Fox Sports Channel, Sirius XM. Hey college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. 
Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download the Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, come on in here, family. Come on in here. Come on in here. We know the NFL season. There are going to be more eyes than ever on this sport. Why? Because there's really more storylines than ever. But here's the most important storyline. What coaches, the leaders of the organizations, are under the most pressure? I'm going to tell you the top five coaches under the most pressure this upcoming season. The top five. At number five, for me, it is simple. Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Remember what he has and been as a player with the Patriots, but as a coach. Two and three in the playoffs, have some phenomenal teams. Won the division a couple times. Derrick Henry, been a beast. But the quarterback situation, he hasn't been able to figure out. Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, Will Levis, who's it going to be? For that reason, Mike Vrabel, fifth most pressure. Number four, Arthur Smith. Now, Arthur Smith kind of flies under the radar, radar as a falcon. But what's interesting to me about Arthur Smith, it's been two years, man. What have we seen? We ain't seen enough. Furthermore, they drafted Bajon Robinson, a running back. Y'all know what they say about running backs. You're not supposed to take them in the top 10. Drafted Bijan Robinson in the top 10. I believe he is a dude, but Arthur Smith better make him into one, or Arthur Smith is going to be on the hot seat. At number three, this is where it starts to get interesting. Brandon Staley of the Chargers. I like Coach Staley a lot. But remember, Justin Herbert, he has the halo around him. He's not going anywhere, which means other people got to go. Well, offensive coordinator just left this past season. They brought in Kellen Moore. Now the question is, who's next? If they struggle, they're going to be looking to move somebody. It better not be Brandon Staley because that dude can coach. But the pressure is on him. At number two, Bill Belichick. For me, it's got to be Bill Belichick. Without Tom Brady, y'all know what he is. He don't even be making the playoffs. He went once, and he got smacked around by the Buffalo Bills. It was a 30-point ugly, hideous loss. Number two, Bill Belichick. And number one, we just talked about the man. Robert Sala, coach for the Jets. You got a great defense. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. You need to bring in playoff wins. I got to bring in James Jones because mm-hmm. y'all have heard my list. But, Jay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. what's yours? Coaches, most that's, that's a solid little list right there. Uh, for all my coaches, listen, it's time to win, and it's time to win right now. Like right now, all right? And number five, look, Dennis Allen. It's a good name. You get your young quarterback that you drafted in Derek Carr to come over there with a really good football team. Team. They had 10 losses last year. Wait a second. Remind me of that. I have not thought of that until uh-huh. this moment. Dennis Derek, Allen was with Derek Carr in 2013. When he got drafted, they drafted Derek Carr. Dennis Allen was the head football coach of the Oakland Raiders at the time. So you got your guy to come over there to New Orleans. Everybody say this is a great fit. It is time to win. 10 losses last year. That's the worst since 2005. If Dennis Allen don't turn this thing around, Tom Brady is out of the division. This is your division wow. to win. Dennis Allen, it's time to go right now. And then Ron Rivera, right? 
You get Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator, to come over there to get this offense rolling. You've had really good defenses. It's time to compete in that NFC East over there and get this thing turned around. Okay. Ron Rivera ain't been a winning coach since he was in Carolina. Long That's time. a long, long, long time. long time ago. It's time to get some W's this over there and get to that playoff. surprised me at three. It mm -hmm. surprised me. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Kevin Stefanski is a winning coach in Cleveland. Uh -huh. They haven't had a coach with a winning record in the last in three years since 1988. Cleveland Browns have not had a coach with a winning record after three seasons since 1988. And this yeah. man, 26 yeah. and 24, yeah. 2020, he was a coach of the year. And he's under pressure? The pressure is is because you didn't have Baker Mayfield. Yep. You didn't had uh, quarterbacks that can't get the job done. Percent. The Kobe Brissett, right? Mm -hmm. Now you give a guy 200 plus guaranteed M's yep. to come over there. You're offensive-minded guru, right? It's time to go right now, right? Last year, down year, you could say quarterback play and all that. This is your second year with Deshaun Watson. Yep. It is time to go. If, Stevin, if Kevin Stefanski don't get this thing rolling, I'm telling you right now, he is going to be out of there and somebody else is going to be in there. Okay, I had Brandon Staley at three. You have him at two. Yes. Why? Well, number one, He's a defensive-minded coach? He's a defensive-minded coach. Say it again, defensive-minded defensive coach. Okay, because the last time I checked, this defense been terrible, right? You're talking about 22nd? Sure. Sure. Then 23rd Haven't in total good. defense. That, 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 that ain't too good for a defensive-minded head coach. Okay. And then you want to kind of chime in on the offense and keep going for it on fourth down and putting your defense in bad situations, okay. right? But you know what? You said that's cool because I'm going to back up off the offense. I'm going to bring in Kellen Moore. his records have gotten better each and every year. So how in the world is he under pressure if he's getting better? Listen, you only as good as your last game, right? Ooh. Last time they stepped on the field, he's not wrong. <laughs> I don't know what it was, 40, 30, 20. They gave it up to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And once again, he's a what coach? He's a defense. So how is you blowing yeah. leads like that? Listen, if you do that again and your defense is at the bottom of the pack again and you don't win a playoff game again this year, as much as we love you, B. Staley, it's a wrap. Take me to number one. Listen, Robert Sala, I see we, we agree on, on, on the number one. Listen, it's just expectation. The expectation is high. You are a quarterback away from being in the playoffs winning the Super Bowl. Yep. At least that's what everybody what say, right? Them. You have what this defense rolling, a lot of young stars on this defense, and then you bring in AR-12. So for me, it's the expectations. The ownership, everybody has given you everything you want, Sala. You saying this is what you need, we're going to go do it, right? So now you got to pay them boys off, and you got to get this thing done, and it has to turn into wins, and we're going to be able to find out because they are hard knock. So we're going to see what you're doing. <laughs> Robert Sala is a name you will hear a lot on this show. Joy, what name will you speak, coach under the most pressure? Yeah, I'm going to go with Robert Sala also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was already under pressure even if Aaron wasn't there. I mean, they've won 11 games under him. Mm -hmm. They've been really bad. And for the Jets, that's hard to do, <laughs> to, be, to be worse than the Jets already are, to keep that, that tradition alive. And, and they're doing it. So now you have Aaron Rodgers, the first battle Hall of Famer, four-time mm -hmm. NFL MVP. You, you got to win now. Yeah. You, you, the expectations, you're, you're getting mentioned in, in Super Bowl contender conversations. Mm. We're saying that if you don't make the playoffs, it's a failure. Mm. Some people are saying, some right. people are saying She's if you right. don't make the AFC championship game. Mm. She's right. I don't know who those people are. But expectations. Some of them are out here saying that. So he absolutely has a lot of pressure on him. And Hard Knocks is going to add to that. Mm. Really, I think Hard Knocks is going to add more pressure to Robert Saul than is to Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. Because Agreed. Aaron, Aaron is a made man. He don't have to be real bad. He don't have to be Russell Wilson bad no to, Ooh, to have bad. this. Mm. I mean, yeah, we're going to hope that ain't you know, we, I, I don't think it will be, <laughs> no. but but it will it will land on on Robert Sala if yep. it's not a success this year. Yeah, Robert Sala's 
an easy pick. I'm going to go off the board, though. I'm going to go with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Josh! Says the former Raider. Uh, Look, 6-11 last year. Um, Already had a run in Denver. Wasn't successful. Um, Got his guy Jimmy G. Like, they put everything on Derek Carr, Mm -hmm. right? He was the scapegoat for what Mm -hmm. happened last year. True, very true. Now you got Jimmy G coming in. Mm. Um, There's questions about his health and his injury and all that, but, but for where Josh Daniels is... McDaniels is, and where the Raiders are. This is the first time I've ever thought of the Raiders as being somewhat insignificant. There we go. I was about to say. Picture. I was like, what's, what's he going to say? Right? Yeah, yeah like, lost. Like, just where, and, Irrelevant. and in, in Vegas, you've got the Golden Knights, mm-hmm. for those who are not familiar, NHL uh, Stanley Cup winners. Yep. Mm-hmm. you got the Oakland A's coming to town. Mm-hmm. you got a big new, brand new stadium. Don't forget the Aces. Yeah, don't forget about WNBA yeah, champs. Aces, yeah. And the WNBA and the Aces. Right. But, Everybody but winning. There's competition, mm, yeah. right? And it's the first time. Now, even when the Raiders were in Oakland, they weren't necessarily winning. You were always paying attention to yep. them. You were always like, when are they going to turn the corner? And it doesn't feel like that right now. Mm. And I would say if McDaniels doesn't get it done this year and loses this job, I'm not sure he gets another crack at being a head coach. He shouldn't. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. He already got a crack with yep. the uh, Broncos. Yep. Didn't draft well. Didn't coach well. Yep. Pump fake the Colts. But exactly. Pump fake the Colts hard. Kept yep. dribbling. Ended up with the Raiders. We will see. Cannot wait for this upcoming season. Cannot wait for this upcoming conversation. The best conversation of the day will be in about three and a half minutes. Saquon Barkley has a decision to make. Should he sit out the entirety of this season or should he sign the franchise tag? You all, this is huge. And it's next on Speed. Greetings, soccer fans. Are you ready for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup? Because we are. That's right. Australia and New Zealand, look out. State of the Union is coming. Off the post and in! And we'll be going above and beyond down under. We'll have new podcast episodes every single match day. So follow Alexi Lawless's State of the Union on the Fox app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, things are getting spicy in New York. The clock is ticking on Saquon Barkley, superstar running back, because the Giants have made it clear. They are franchise tagging him, but Saquon Barkley has made it equally clear. The tag is undesirable, and reports say his availability for week one against the Cowboys, all eyes will be on that game. His availability for that game, it's in question. Saquon, he wants a long-term deal. Giants, they don't want to give him long-term bread. What's fascinating to remind you all, viewers, Saquon Barkley has been the top running back in the league a couple times mm-hmm. in his five years. Mm-hmm. His rookie year, he had over 2,000 all-purpose. Mm-hmm. This most recent year, I believe he had over 1,500 all-purpose. So mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is a dude, mm-hmm. but he do be injured. Mm-hmm. That, too, is true. Yeah. Joy, what should Saquon do? Everybody has an opinion. What's yours? Should he sign the franchise tag? <sighs> The problem is, 
Saquon is the reason they win. Say it one more time for the people in the back, boy. Let me stand up. (laughs) Say it one more time for the people in the back. Saquon Barkley is the reason the New York Giants win. Well, well. (laughs) (laughs) So, I struggle with this because Mm. Saquon should be paid. Based off of the facts mm-hmm. that I just said, I don't like mm. to actually exaggerate on facts. It is my opinion, correctly, mm-hmm. that Saquon is the reason they win games, so he should be paid. But they paid Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. who I don't believe is the reason they win games. Mm. He might be a part of the reason why they didn't lose as many games last year. I agree year. with that. But Saquon is the one winning them. The problem is he's been franchise tagged. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have the leverage that he should have yep. as the best player on the team. Correct. Because... If he sits out, he's just losing money. Now, they're going to lose games. They're going to get smacked up if they, lo- if they don't have Saquon out there. But because of the way that CBA is written, which the players agree to, mm-hmm. even if he sits out, they can't give him an, a long-term deal. No. The clock is ticking. Yes, it is. So I'd love to tell him, sit out and watch them get smacked every single week, mm-hmm. like I believe they would. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell him to leave $10 million on the table. Can't. You can't. Um, this is, this is, I'm upset for Saquon, Why are you man. still perplexed? I got a deep I'm, side I'm, from yeah. Joy to my left. I had a deep side because, from James Because James and, right. and I are aligned yeah. with the truth. Because we, have, we, we can see. No question. We see and we believe what we no, see. No doubt. And this is crazy to me because forget all the stats. Worst offensive line, he going to work, you know, still being Saquon, still being the best running back in the league. With our eyeballs, Mm -hmm. watching them football games, Mm -hmm. he is clearly the best player on your football team. This is true. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to me because how do you not pay the best player on your football team? He's the one holding out and sitting out. But you pay the quarterback. Mm -hmm who, since he's been a starter, mm. 21, mm. 31, oh, and one. Jesus mm. Like I tell my kids when, when I tell them on the football field and they ain't doing their job, I say, that's stinky, poo-poo, caca, <laughs> right there. <laughs> that's what Daniel Jones has showed us he has been in the National Football League, except this year and even with it being this year, I think the standards are really low. Yeah, that is true. For him. True. Because if Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow has a season like him, they might be talking about trading him mm. instead of giving him a big-time contract. Right? So you gave him a big-time contract. And you're going to take his best player mm-hmm. away from him? That's going to slow down the development for Daniel Jones. You are not helping your football team. But what are you saying? Because that has nothing to do with what Saquon should do. You're bringing down the truth for the viewers, but speak, you played for your years. What should That's Saquon why do? I hate it, because he has to sign it. Yeah. He sh- I don't want him to sign it, but he has to sign it because you cannot leave $10 million out there. You are never going to make that money back. Even if Saquon was to hold out and the Giants stunk it up, and he signed a deal for $50 million, he still left that $10 million out there. So that's why I hate the CBA. I hate how this is set up because Saquon is in a no-win situation right here. He is eventually going to have to show up to camp. If I am Saquon,
one's agent. I'm looking at him. Forget it. You could keep my part of it, but I'm not letting you walk away from this $10 million. You cannot do that. You know, you have to go out here and play. I know you upset. I'm upset for you. You hear me talking on TV right now. I'm upset for him. But at the end of the day, he cannot turn down that $10 million, and he has to sign it, and I don't think a new deal is coming for him. He's going to have to play under that tag. Lick, let me color it for the viewer. Let me color it for you all. If you are a first-round pick, which Mm. Saquon Barkley was, obviously at the desk, y'all know this, let me remind y'all. If you're a first-round pick, after that third year, a team can pick up your fifth-year option. Yes. That's what a team has the ability to do. The dilemma for Saquon Barkley was after his third year, he was hurt. Mm -hmm. After his third year, he only played two games that season. Mm -hmm. So Saquon Barkley's health or lack thereof, has really put them in this predicament. I told y'all earlier, Saquon Barkley has had 2,000 yards in a season. Do y'all realize how ridiculous that is? Mm. But he only averages 849 rushing yards a year. He only averages, I believe it's 360 receiving yards a year. When you factor in the years that he has been down due to injury. That's not the impact, though. The impact of Saquon Barkley is not how many rushing yards he got, not how many receiving yards he got. When defensive coordinators get off the bus, when Acho was playing linebacker, y'all was not saying we have to stop. No, Daniel Jones, you have to stop number 26. So the impact of him being out there sure. helping his football team sure. and Daniel Jones is bigger than these But numbers. Jay, what's the best ability? Availability. Mm, he mm. whispered that one. <laughs> 21 <laughs> and 31. I heard that from Pico <laughs> Boulevard. Availability. You know what I'm saying? You whispered yeah. that one. He was available this year. <laughs> 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 Rick, where are you at? Look, I understand why the emotions are running high because we like to see people get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. But we know that life is not like that. Why? You get, <laughs> you, you get what they have yeah. to give you, yeah. not necessarily what you deserve. And I, I, for me, it would be, look, there's no way around. You're not creating any leverage. This, this actual, the statement cracks me up. This isn't even a strong statement. He's saying... He's made it clear that the franchise tag is undesirable. <laughs> what, can we at least go with unacceptable? Let, like, let, I mean, if we're going to go to the wall, if we're going to try to create leverage, even though we're faking, like at least bring out, if I'm going to rattle the saber, don't make it a plastic saber. Like make it a real like freaking metal saber, steel saber. The other thing is the, uh, there's going to be... Um, a serious question about his availability. Week one. I'm not showing up for week one. It's a tweet. You're doing it through a reporter. Like, <laughs> go, go ahead, and if you're going to try to create leverage out of nothing, great leverage. At least, great leverage. at least say, look, these are my terms. Well Draw a line well in the sand. Even if you're going to cross it later. It's hard not to think about that 10 million in the back of your head, well, whether you tweet or not. So, <laughs> pump fake. so yes. this is my fo- this is my point. Like, you know where this is going to end up. Saquon knows where this is going to end up. Why not lean into it and look at, I'm playing for the New York Giants in the biggest media market going. Like, I'm going to embrace my situation and try to make as much of it off the the field Mm -hmm. and what my image is here. Because that's my only avenue to increasing my revenue. If, if If making more is my objective, then how am I going to go about making more? Like, I can't get any more from the Giants. So where else can I get it? That's, that's what my thinking would be if I was Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I, I hate it. I, I, I hate it. And even, even, you bringing, even you bringing up that point, like, number one, I hate it because he may possibly sit out a whole training camp. 
That's and, not good. And, and you say he already injury prone, right? Yeah, that's not that's good. That's not going to be a plus. I don't care good. how much you're running up heels. Yeah. I don't care how much you're training. You're not in football shape till you're getting hit, yeah. till you're getting hit and you yeah. practice it and you're doing football stuff, period, right? So you're going to sit out that whole, whole camp, and then they say you're going to come in and just go off against mm-hmm. the Cowboys and Michael Parsons and them. Yeah. That, that, that's not going to happen, right? Number two, locker room. Yep. You're going to be looking around like, bro, bro, pay, and they over here playing with me. You know what I mean? And I'm the best player on the team. Like, that stuff is going to weigh heavy in the locker room, too. Saquon Barkley is not going to be happy when he walks through them doors. Mm-hmm. That's going to be another problem that the coaching staff is going to have to deal with. That, all of that is why I don't really take the Giants seriously. But how not? Because all that stuff is true. All that stuff matters. And when it's your best player that feels that way, when you're not taking care of your best player, it's not everyone. We all know the quarterback is the most important position. And Daniel Jones did a nice job last Mm -hmm. year. Now, traditionally, he's not been very good. And even last year, I think it's wildly overblown how great his season was. But they were so bad that it's sort of being great on a scale. He earned a contract, and because they handled his contract the way that they did, kind of overpaid him a little bit. But that's still a problem. Saquon not being paid is still a problem. If you're a team that's very serious about your future, like Jane said, you're not taking care of the most important and best player who is an asset to your quarterback who has not shown the ability to win without Saquon healthy on the field. Here's my issue, though, because obviously I can do this as well, and I will be much more beloved if I say the opposite of what I'm actually going to say on social media, the Giants are making the wise decision. Like, they're being fiscally responsible. As a former athlete, I hate it. But from a fiscal responsibility standpoint, they're making the wise decision. They're offering Saquon Barkley $10 million in one season. The highest paid running back this offseason in free agency was Miles Sanders, who got $15 million guaranteed over three seasons. Now, Saquon does not want that deal because Saquon knows he got $13 million over three seasons. That's $3 million more over three seasons guaranteed than Saquon will get in this one. Saquon doesn't want the deal. I get it. I wouldn't either. Why doesn't he want the deal? One, you want your guaranteed money. Simple as that. But two, Saquon also knows, man, I tore my ACL. That sucked. Then after tearing my ACL, I only had 500 yards the next season. That sucked. Rehab is terrible. But if I am going to rehab like Kyler Murray, I'd rather rehab being rich. So I can't fault the Giants' joy because if we're being honest, you have to pay the quarterback. We know that. That's common sense. But not wanting to give Saquon $20 million, 25 guaranteed when he gets hurt off. But how do we know he's asking for 25 million guaranteed? How do we know he's not asking for 17 million guaranteed over three years? Like, you're saying they're being fiscally responsible. That's great. It's nice to be fiscally responsible. If you're planning for a family of six, if you're the New York Giants trying to compete with the Cowboys and trying to compete with the Eagles and trying to compete in this NFC, then you got to have your best players. And part of having your best players available is having your best players feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. feel taken care of, mentally there, at training camp. Mm -hmm. Those things matter. All of this little stuff matters. And organizations that are run well which, let's be serious about the New York Giants, hasn't really been the case as of late. But since Brian Dable, like, I can't criticize this version of the Giants because since Brian Dable showed up, they wildly overachieved last year. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones wildly overachieved. Saquon Barkley, outside of his rookie in that sophomore season, he wildly overachieved. So since Dable showed up, Saquon was Saquon. He was, but since that season, since his injury, remember, Saquon played two. When he was healthy and... The year after he was injured. But Bruh, I'm saying at, Saquon at, got busy because Saquon is Saquon. Sure, but Saquon hadn't been good since 2019. It's 2023. Because he wasn't healthy. All right, well, he wasn't hurt for two Saquon had 1,300 yards this year rushing. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. With the 30th rank offensive line. Sure. Mm-hmm. How many teams in the NFL? 
32 of them. That's Dane there at the bottom. <laughs> right? And he went over there and did what he did this year. Mm-hmm. They had nine wins. Saquon won them six of them. Mm-hmm. Right? So forget all the 15 touchdown passes, the 800 yards at your legs. You don't have five of those wins without Saquon Barkley, which you ain't even having an opportunity to compete in the Sorry. playoffs. But you said injury. Yeah. Through the National Football League, there's been plenty of people that have been injury prone mm-hmm. and still got the bag. This is true. Right? This is true. And yes, he has been hurt. But this last season, he showed you that I'm here and I'm going to play all of them. And when I'm on the football field, we are a better football team. And he should get paid as the top running back in the National Football League from what he's shown. And not only that, he's shown you when you turn on the tape that he's the best player on your football team, including your quarterback that you gave $80 million. Okay, here's This the is question. a problem. Here's the question, though, to, to all of you. Do you think that Saquon Barkley is going to play any less effectively on $10 million this year? It's, but it's not, just, it's not just about this year. Like, no, 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 no. But I'm saying that that's, the Giants are counting on, look, we, we got you corner. No, I think he'd play better. If he, if he at disregarding the aspect of what Jay is saying, which is true, it is emotional, but I don't know Saquon Barkley's emotional status. It's not a coincidence, and I challenge you all at home, and I've done this at the desk, to look at the running backs that balled out this year. They were all in contract years. Jay can allude to it. Shady has talked about it as well. Miles Sanders went crazy this year. Contract year. Yeah. Josh Jacobs went crazy. Contract year. Saquon Barkley went crazy. Contract year. If you tag him, Tony Pollard went crazy. Contract year. If you tag him, he knows I have to ball again. I hate that for the players. I hate playing knowing I have to ball. But for an organization, no better player than a contract. But not only that, this is another thing I hate in it, right? Because I've been in a situation under contract year, and I'm like, man, I got a ball. If I'm hurt, I'm going out there anyway. You know what I mean? Because I got to go out there and I got to pat my stats. I got to do this to get a payday. When you're playing under the tag and you may have, oh, my ankle ain't feeling good. Hamstring ain't feeling good. Right? You know this organization is not committed to you. Mm. I'm putting that thing on ice for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. You, you, got, you got what I'm saying? So that's another thing that you have to account. You ain't committed to me, so I'm not finna go out not here and you. play through some right. of these injuries and all right. that, you know what I mean, just to go out here and put some stats many, out there and get paid. Many people would hurt them. Many people implied that's what we were seeing with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we literally yeah. just saw this before. Yeah. Lamar didn't get a long-term deal, and his PCL injury went from two weeks to three weeks to four weeks to five weeks mm-hmm. to six weeks to yeah. Harbaugh didn't even want to talk about it to he didn't go to the last mm-hmm. playoff game because he was sick. Like, We've seen this play out before. It usually doesn't end well. You and Joy are exactly right in regards to that. All right, coming up, Chris Paul. He's still looking for his first NBA title. There was drama with the quote he said yesterday, but here's the most important question. How much would a ring with the Warriors, that's hard to say, impact his legacy? That's next on Speak. Ring with the Warriors. Yeah, you want to say me and James are right about all this? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, the Warriors added future Hall of Famer Chris Paul to the roster. CP3, y'all know him, 12-time All-Star, maybe a top-five point guard all time. But Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy Jr. said, quote, I think in terms of his fit, 
the one thing we thought about was winning. Chris brings that, close quote. One of the most, um, I won't call it a contentious conversation, but it was definitely an interesting conversation yesterday. We were all discussing what a ring in Golden State for Chris Paul would do for his legacy. I know, Joy, you and I, you and James, we all had kind of differing and varying, very nuanced opinions. Excited for you all to watch this one. Joy, what do you think a ring would do and would it impact Chris Paul's legacy? I think a ring would definitely impact Chris Paul's legacy because he doesn't have one. So that's that's the difference between being a champion and not being a champion is winning a championship, which he hasn't done. He's done lots of other things and he is his legacy in that regard is cemented and nothing that happens in Golden State is going to change that. I don't believe unless what we heard this week was really serious and he <laughs> tears apart the Warriors. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I also don't think that the version of him winning a championship with the Warriors that would hurt his legacy is going to happen either. I don't think he's going to ride the bench to a championship with the Warriors. He'd have to be hurt the entire season, which ends the Warriors then go win the championship. So here's what I'm envisioning. And this is why this this conversation is a little like conflicting for me. Who's going to win the West right now? Nuggets. Mm. Nuggets. I don't want to say the Nuggets. Okay, but, but if you got pick right now, you're going to go with the Nuggets, yes. right? Okay, so you got the Nuggets. Who else is in the West? Lakers. Oh, just the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And they were in the Western Conference Finals this year. Yes, they were. All right, kept some pieces. Oh, there's Phoenix Ooh. with Kevin Durant. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, mm. right? And Frank Vogel was won a championship. So the West is not that light at the top. I'm not even getting to the other teams in the West mm-hmm. that could come back and be good again Kings, next year. Kings, the Kings, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, yeah. and so on and so forth. So if the – you know who we didn't mention, though? The Warriors. We didn't mention the Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets, the Suns, the Lakers, the Warriors are in that mix. Yeah. But the Warriors are not expected to go to the finals this year before Chris Paul and not now. So if Chris Paul contributed, even coming off the bench, mm-hmm. to the Warriors winning a championship – the Warriors getting to the finals would be impressive this year. No, I've been told that the, the, the dynasty is over. So them getting to another championship, going through the Nuggets and Jokic and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant and that whole all-star lineup yeah. would be an incredible accomplishment in itself, let alone winning a championship this year. And I believe Chris Paul would be contributing significantly, even if he were coming off the bench to that. So how could that not help his legacy? Yeah, if, to me, the uh, operative word there is significantly. Yes. If Chris Paul That's is contributing it. significantly, I agree wholeheartedly with. So every then we have to define significantly. Correct and contributions. Like if we're being yeah. honest, like yeah. I think there's a very interesting parallel between Chris Paul, if he were to win a championship in Golden State, and Gary Payton winning a championship with the Miami Heat. Gary Payton won a championship at 37 years of age, his second to last season in basketball with the Heat. I don't remember it. Mm-mm. And I literally went to two of those games. Mm-hmm. It was the Heat versus the Dallas Mavericks. I recall being, I don't know, 17, 18, maybe 16, sitting next to Alonzo Mourning. I don't know what his role was at the time. Little Wayne and Birdman were there as well. I think they were <laughs> Miami Heat fans. I was just a fan of them. Didn't know yeah. them personally, obviously, at the time. I was there. Some decent seats. I don't, uh, I, you know, yeah. I want to probably. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was there, but I don't remember Gary Payton. 
Mm-hmm. He played. Yeah. I go back and looked at him and was like, oh, he did play. I don't remember him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is a champion. He has a ring. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember him. It didn't change his legacy. Yeah. The glove being the glove mm-hmm. is why I remember him. Mm-hmm. The glove going to the NBA Finals, I believe losing against the Bulls, maybe 92, 93, maybe 4-1. Uh, I, I, 95. 95? Like, that, yeah. that to me, that to me, somewhere in there, obviously, like, that to me is what I remember. In 96 it was. Yep. But, like, I don't remember the chip. So, Jay, for me, it's... If Chris Paul is a significant contributor, two really good words that Joyce said, significant contributor, it impacts it. No doubt. Otherwise, it means nothing. You're right. In the narrative. Because if we all sitting here and if Chris Paul is not a big-time contributor for the Golden State Warriors, we're going to be sitting here like, man, he didn't do nothing to get that championship. So it's really not going to affect his legacy. I mean, everything he's done over his career now, that's his legacy. So, you know, having having a championship and you did not contribute to it or be a big part of it, you know, you're going to have guys out there like, ah, oh, you know, hey, Chris won one, but Chris didn't really win one. You know what I'm saying? He, he didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, like, I don't – I'm not going to say it's not going to be good – you know what I mean? Because whenever you're able to win a championship, it's good. But I don't think it would mean as much, right. you know, to Chris Paul's legacy if he did not contribute. But, like, he has to be on the court. He has to be a big part of this. I don't care if it's with the second unit. I don't care if it's with the first unit. He has to be a big part of this so hmm. people can say the reason why the Warriors even had a shot at winning that championship and was in there is because the role that Chris Paul played. Yeah. And then that'll mean, truly mean something and put a stamp on his well, legacy. But here's the reality. They're not going to win a championship unless he plays a significant part. We saw them this year, right? Yeah. And that was with a compromised Jordan Poole. Unless he has an impact, I can't see them winning a championship. Now, the question is going to be, and we've gone back and forth in terms of if he's coming off the bench or is he starting and how to, it's not going to be the same role or size of a role that when he went to the finals with the Phoenix Suns, yeah. right? It's, it's not going to be that. It's not what we're used to seeing where Chris Paul is running the show. He may be running the show at times, but he's not exclusively going to be running the show. But you mentioned Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. I am thinking of another Hall of Fame point guard. Talk to me. Who won a championship. They kid. That did change. Can I get, can I get the stats up here? I'm going <laughs> to give you the blind, yeah. the blind resume here. Kid. You know, I know okay. the Mavericks, Lick. This is Chris Paul. That might be my dog, J. This kid. past playoff run. Yep. Where we thought, you know what, he was good, but he wasn't Chris Paul. Yep. Like, that's one of the reasons why the Phoenix Suns didn't go anywhere and why the Phoenix Suns ended up trading him to the Washington and why Washington probably moved on and got Jordan Poole because they don't believe he's Chris Paul anymore. But these numbers are compared to... Uh-huh. The numbers of, can we get the reveal? Might be my dog, Jay Kidd. Uh, Your guy, yeah. Jay Kidd. These are his numbers in the playoffs yep. when they won a championship. Mm-hmm. And I dare say that while he took the New Jersey Nets, then known as the New Jersey Nets, to the finals yeah, twice. Back in the gap. Yep. Did not win a ring. Yep. And then he goes to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they surprise. I, you know what? I'm starting to catch a uh. theme here. <laughs> <laughs> bring to my the hand. team that was not expected yeah. to win, mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks, surprise and knock off yeah. the favorites. And we have, while we always respected Jason Kidd, mm-hmm. it put him in a different Change. category as a result. Change. Right. That's why I don't – maybe I was being a little unclear. I don't think that he has to play a super significant role. I don't think he has to play major minutes. I don't think he has to be a part of the starting lineup. 
things change throughout throughout the course of the season as well. Maybe he starts for some of the season. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's coming off the bench mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You know, the Warriors are one to make those adjustments. And because of the way that the Warriors, Warriors roster is set up, matchups matter with that as well. So maybe he is coming out on the second unit. But if he's playing, he's healthy. And even if he's not starting... I don't see how it doesn't change his legacy. You can't not call Gary Payton a champion. Of course no. not. No. no. He's a champion. That, no. You I can't mean, not call Jason Kidd a champion. Like, no. that, that difference, you got a ring. Yeah. There's a big difference between having it's, a ring and not having a ring, especially a, when you're someone of that there, status. There's a nuance. because I, a let, me, let, me, let me chime in really quickly, only yeah. because you bring up a great point. And if I wasn't there, I wouldn't be able to speak to it. But obviously, I was beloved with the Ma- – I, I loved the Mavericks, rather – Jason Kidd may not have statistically contributed, but as you know, I'm sure you watched diligently, dude was playing 36 minutes a game. I believe he started every game that he played in. He was the floor general. Dirk was the bucket getter. Mm -hmm. Jason Terry was the heart of the team. Mm -hmm. Tyson Chandler was the intimidator. But you trusted Jason Kidd, ball in his hands, like you knew you couldn't win without Jason Kidd. He was all of that. If Chris Paul is that, I'm with all all Mm y'all. But the last thing I'll say, and I'll throw you this oop, because James, I think you're about to dunk it, is... (laughs) I do think, Joy, within the confinements of conversations, either intra-locker room or intra-athlete, there is, I mean, you want a ring. But you, but you, that look. Wait, that look like, what I'm saying is like, they're, they, yeah, he's, not, he's yeah. not going to a ready-made situation. Yeah. No one is saying oh, the yeah. Warriors are going to walk to the finals this year. But it is, this isn't KD. This isn't, K, this isn't KD. No, no, this no, isn't no, the Warriors when they were buzzing before KD. This is a different Warriors team. And if he goes there and plays any kind of, it doesn't have to be a significant role, any kind of role, and they get out of the West and win a championship? But whether, only, whether we like it or not, as great as Chris Paul has shown us he is, all the stats that he has, top 75 player, as great as, as he showed us he is, if he does not have a big-time role, that's just what comes with it. You ain't do nothing, Chris. Just like It's just like... But, 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 no, 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 hold on, hold on. Define what big-time role yeah, is versus uh, a ride-along. I'm, I'm just, I'm just right, saying, Marvel, the please. numbers that you posted up there, J-Kid, numbers not big, but he on the court for 37-plus minutes. Yeah. He's the floor general. He's getting them into the right play mm-hmm. and all that. If you're on the bench and you playing, say, 18 minutes and all that, and you coming off the bench and you got nine points and you're not really helping us win a championship that's like that's like to me that's that's like players on the practice squad don't suit up for the super bowl don't suit up for the game don't suit up for the game but i'm playing we win on the practice we win and they get a ring but at the end of the day people don't know the role that the practice squad players play trying to be aj brown at practice or saquon barker like they play a role but at the end of the day they're not going to get the respect that they want even though your team won a championship those same players that were scoring nine and 11 points are the same players that slick is now telling me that the miami heat will miss desperately if they make a trade for damian lillard i I don't i i know it won't sound or look the same if chris paul plays a nine point a game player role with the warriors yeah. But I just disagree. With, with Slick being the NBA, <laughs> NBA person up here, I guarantee if he's sitting next to Chris Paul and Chris Paul don't really have a big time role in the Warriors winning a championship, if they do win it, mm-hmm. and he over there talking about how he got a ring, I guarantee Slick going, 
<laughs> you ain't do too much. I guarantee you that's going to happen. It is. I'll try to draw the line in the sand. I think he has to play as big of, if not a bigger role, than Jordan Poole when Jordan Poole won. Yes. I do agree with Joy and Slick and, like, we don't anticipate the Warriors will win. But the championship Warriors team that won in the year 22, not mm-hmm. the, but the 21 season, mm-hmm. They still had Draymond. They still mm-hmm. had Looney. Mm-hmm. They still had Wiggins. Mm-hmm. They still had Clay. Mm-hmm. They still had Steph. Mm-hmm. They still had Kamunga. They still had Kaminga. Uh, Kaminga. Um, they still had maybe Porter. Like they, yeah, Otto they, Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. Like, so Gary Payton. The people that the person that's gone is Jordan Poole. Right. But as I have tried to vehemently defend on this show, how much did Poole contribute? And we've had those conversations right. that Poole didn't really do all that much. Now, I would argue that he did, but some have argued that he didn't. So if Chris Paul just does what Jordan Poole does, there will be people who will argue he did not do that much because that literally has been argued of Jordan Poole, who won a championship. How much does him being traded there matter to you? In what sense? Elaborate. Like, he didn't force his way there, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They asked for him. So if they go into win a championship with him contributing even a, a role like that, 9, 11 points, whatever, not, a, not as big of a significant role as Jordan Poole, how does that not count for him? But I think on the court has something to do with it, too. You know, like, 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 we, like to go back to Jason Kidd, you're talking about you playing the whole game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Minutes. If Chris is coming off this thing and, like I said, he 18 minutes, he like – you ain't really playing a okay, big but time hold on. role in this thing. Let's, let, let's put a little bit of respect on what Chris Paul has been and the player that he That's is. Even now, if he's on the floor, he's going to have an impact. 100%. Positively it's, or negatively. It, it yeah. really has. A, well. Defensively. Defensively. But look, his numbers in, in these past playoffs were better than Jordan Poole's. Mm-hmm. Across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. Defensively as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I just, the kind of player Chris Paul is and the fact that he's an organizer and a point guard, there's, there's no way that he can be a ride-along. If he is, there's no ring to be won. That, that, that's so, what it comes yeah, down that's to. It. That's what it comes down to. That's if he is not playing a significant role, as Joyce said, that, the Warriors aren't winning anyway, and this is a mute conversation, exactly. but you've already listened to it. Gotcha. <laughs> Coming up, game time is still on and in Portland. For now. Mm. So who's to blame for the chaos of this situation? Dame wants out, America. Superstar player, and he wants to go to South Beach. That's next on Speed. Hey, they play downtown Miami. It's not South Beach? No. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, y'all, we have all heard, Kyle Heller, I can't stand you. We have all heard Damian Lillard wants out of Portland. General Manager Joe Cronin addressed this situation earlier this week, and he said, quote, he failed Dame, close quote. But the Blazers are still taking their time, not to be confused with Dame time, to figure out what they want to do with all of this. Slick, you know the NBA better than anybody on television. I need to hear it from you. Who do you blame for this Damian Lillard situation? The Portland Trailblazers. And he's right. They have failed him. But they failed him intentionally. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. (laughs) That messed you up too? Man. (laughs) 
I'm trying to see where he's going with this one right here. I, th I thought you'd like this one. <laughs> <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers decided we can't win a championship with Damian Lillard. That's the heart of it. When did they decide that? They decided that when they got the number three pick. Oh, so they just decided that this year? They decided that going into this summer. Okay. Like, okay. Because they have the reason. If, if, if they believed that they could win a championship with Damian Lillard, <clears throat> then why not explore what you can get for the number three pick? Why not explore how you can go get Draymond Green, which is what Damian Lillard said, sign, re-sign Jeremy Grant, go get me a Draymond Green, and I'll stay. You're telling me that if you had offered the Golden State Warriors Anthony Simons and the number three pick oh, quick and in a hurry. some combination for Draymond Green, that they wouldn't have had a hard time saying no to that for where they are and where Draymond is? I mean, that, that right there, the number three, Scoot, Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons, like you've now built what you hope to get from Jonathan Kaminga yeah. and Moses, Moses Moody. I mean, you'd at least have to consider it, and the Trailblazers would at least have to try it. Talk to me, sir. Right? I hear you. I hear you. You're preaching. What happened when LeBron James went back to Cleveland, and they had the number one pick? And he said, no, 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 no. This is what I need. Get me Kevin Love for the number one pick. Kevin Love hadn't won anything. Now, Kevin Love was a respectable power forward. He was an all-star, but, but he hadn't won anything. Mm -hmm. And you got the number one pick, and you're the Cleveland Cavaliers? You're going to give up Andrew Wiggins and say, okay, why did they do that? Why did the Lakers spend, send all of their young players to New Orleans for Anthony Davis? Because they had LeBron James, and they said, you know what? If we can get him what he needs, mm -hmm. what he wants, yep. we can win a championship. Mm. Portland Trailblazers have demonstrated they don't believe that if we gave Damian Lillard what he wanted, that they could win a ring. So this, all of this machination going on right now is all about we just need to get as much as we can for Damian, and we need to make it look like we're not moving on from the face of the franchise. But their actions speak louder than their words. Yeah. I, I Everything you said, brilliant. That is a Mount Rushmore take in my mind. I don't think there is a situation, is what I will say. I think that we are making a mountain out of a molehill. What is the situation? The Dame isn't the best player on a championship team? Cool. Neither's Russell Westbrook. <clears throat> neither's James Harden. Neither's Paul George. Neither's Bradley Beal. Yeah. Neither's Devin Booker. Neither's Chris Paul. Hmm. What is the situation that the Portland Trailblazers haven't won a championship? Well, only 11 teams have won championships mm -hmm. since... The Chicago Bulls. Hmm. Last time I checked, I believe there are 30 NBA teams. So congratulations, neither of 19 other franchises. What exactly is the situation that Dame isn't Dirk, the Dame isn't Giannis, the Dame isn't Jokic, the Dame isn't a player who can be the best and stay in an organization for eight to ten years and bring them a chip. What is the situation? There is no situation. This is a part of the fine print of life. I'm learning as you get older, a lot more of your friends are starting to get divorced and you're starting to go to a lot more funerals. Oh my God, what's going on in life? No, I'm just getting older. It's just what happened. So, Joy, I don't know that there is a situation, but if there is, in fact, a situation, like, who do you blame for at least the chaos of it all? Yeah, there is a situation. The situation is, is a top 75 player of, of all time, yeah. an all-time great player who is trying to win a championship, is tired of the organization <coughs> playing in his face, yeah. which is what they've been doing, whether intentionally, like this year, like the GM said, and I'm not going to call him a liar. He said he failed him. He did. <laughs> and if they had no intention on putting that pick up 
and trying to put better players around Dane this year, then no, they don't care about putting together a championship roster for 33-year-old Damian Lillard. Mm. 33, right? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And we can go down the list of teammates that he's had. Mm. Here's the problem. There are windows where you can blame it on a player. If you're a, if you're a player that is established that we know at least the potential that you could have. We know what you've already accomplished. We see how good you are, but you could be great. And you go to an organization for a short period of time and they don't get, it doesn't work. Maybe it's on you. Maybe it wasn't the right fit. Maybe there was some issues internally. Maybe you didn't give it your all. But if you've been with an organization for 11 years and we know that you're dedicated to the sports, no question about how you take care of your body. You make it very public that you are the face of this organization, take care of the community. You ingratiate yourself with this team and you've been there 11 years. It's on the organization because the organization just has more power than an individual player. They decide the roster. They decide the coach. They do. Damian Lillard is not responsible for player development within the Portland Trailblazers. He is one player. He ain't in there doing drills with the young boys. That's not his job. You know whose job that is? The organization. Top to bottom, there's a thousand things going on that Damian Lillard doesn't touch. And after 11 years, it has to be on the organization. No question. And, I mean, it's clearly on the organization. You don't really get Dame Lillard too, too, many, too many times in the NBA, right? A loyal, young Amen. superstar. And that's what they had, a loyal, young superstar. And all he said was, send me a little help. That's all he said. Any of these superstars that leave and go somewhere else, whether it's Kawhi, he leaving Toronto, he say, hey, I need a superstar with me. I don't care if it's Paul George. I'm not saying it turned into championships and all that. But LeBron, many times as he's done it, all Dame Lillard said was, send me a little help. You have a dude that's saying, I don't want out of Portland. I'm loyal to Portland. This is my home. I'm ready to go through the grind. And you never went out to get this young man some help to go compete for a championship. And I disagree when he says Dame Lillard is not one of those dudes you can win a championship when that's why Portland, you know, didn't trade the number three pick and all that. Because if we look at a couple of teams around the NBA right now, the Miami Heat, right when we say if they get Dame, we say contenders, Mm -hmm. right? If we say Dame Lillard goes to the Boston Celtics for Jalen Brown, whoever it may be, we say contender, right? If we say he goes to the Philadelphia 76ers for Harden in the package, we say contender, right? So you believe and we believe that if Dame Lillard had the right players and in the right situation in Portland, he would have had the opportunity to win a championship. He already didn't have the guys and he'd been in the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals. So this is a dude that was loyal and all he said was send help and y'all said, nah, nah, we good. We'll revisit that. I want to respond to that after this commercial break. Is it the Trailblazers' fault? Is it Dame's fault? Can Dame bring Portland or can he bring anybody else a championship? That is next when we return. Slick, I saw that smirk. I'll let the smirk speak. Yeah, glad we went yeah, to commercial. <laughs> So many interesting things have been said about Dame Lillard. Slick, you had a smirk on your face, but here is why I think you did. Mm. Slick said, well, the Blazers aren't trying to win a championship with Dame Lillard because they could have used that number three pick. One could submit, and I would, that the Blazers have had a 10-year sample size to gauge whether or not they could and what they could do, what they're capable of doing. They're not leaving Portland. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get people to Portland. I was in Oregon this past weekend. There's not a lot there, Mm -hmm. with all due respect. Mm -hmm. When Dame showed up, LaMarcus Aldridge was present. 
Yeah. Didn't get it done with LaMarcus Aldridge. This was LaMarcus Aldridge in his prime pre-health condition, obviously. LaMarcus Aldridge was present. C.J. McCollum was also present. Baby C.J. McCollum, he was young. But C.J. McCollum was present. You're not getting a bunch of guys to Portland, Slick. It's just not happening. Yeah. The big-time free agents are going to L.A. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. The big-time free agents are going to Miami. It's what Dame's trying to do. Yeah. If Portland has gotten it wrong... What could they have done so much different? What could they have done right? Yeah, up to this point, they couldn't have. Like, I don't know that they had the resources or the ability to go get the superstar players. And if we look at the, the, the competition in the league, like, how were they going to build a team that was going to be better than the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and, and Clay Thompson and, and, and that whole crew? Um, so they, they have been up against it. I don't necessarily fault them that they haven't won a championship in Portland. Trailblazers fans do because they won one with Bill Walton eons ago. And they have, they have this idea that well, we're the Portland Trailblazers because unlike Charlotte or <laughs> Sacramento or any of the other small markets, we have won a, won a championship. So obviously it can be done here. Never mind that it was done like 30 years ago. More. Uh, so <laughs> more than that. Yeah. So. I, I, I don't fault the Trailblazers that they haven't won a championship. Uh, what I fault them is that if you want to re if you want to keep Damian Lillard, then you take these resources and you try, That's or you say, you know what, at 33, we're we're not going to be able to get there on his timeline, so we'll do right by you and we'll get the assets to try to do this. Again, that's that's where this idea like, no, we really would like to try to build a championship team around Damian Lillard. You know better than that. Right. You've had 10 years to do that and haven't come close. So let's not pretend like this thing actually can be accomplished. But what you're saying in my mind, it's great on television, but I don't think it's wise. The Trailblazers are trying to have their cake and eat it too. They want to have Dame, make sure seats are sold, and they also want to build for the future. But to your point, to Joy's point previously, James, I believe you said it as well, that isn't serving Dame Lillard. Mm -hmm. But right. they're serving Dame Lillard $450 million in contractual agreements. So they are trying to be selfish. I wholeheartedly agree with you, but trading Dame isn't wise for the Trailblazers. It's wise for Dame. Oh, I, I'll give you that because you're not going to get another Damian Lillard. Like it's, it's what makes him unique is that you have a guy who has become a star and is loyal to the small market. Uh, and, and so you're not going to recreate that. Scoot, the, the, the possibility that Scoot Henderson could become the next Damian Lillard, that's like thinking that Jordan Poole was going to be the next Steph Curry. Like yeah. those, only, those guys only come along once in a, in a decade or two. Yeah. So just understand what so you're losing. Jordan Poole ain't going to be the next step. What's that? Jordan Poole not going to be the next No. They failed. They Are failed. you still on that? <laughs> you're still on that? They failed, Dame, <laughs> they failed Dame Lillard and they failed the Portland Trailblazers fan base. When did we know Dame Lillard was going to be like that? Year one, year two, when? I would have said four. After a couple all-star appearances. He well, yeah, he's had an interesting journey because he was not recognized for a while because they weren't very good. Mm -hmm. And he was good. And then he took that step. So it's uh, the last five, six years. About okay, five, so, years ago, so about, 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 about five, five years in, you knew we got us one. Yep. Yeah. We got us a bona fide superstar, all-star every year, right? Somebody we could build around and win a championship. Why you ain't do it? 
Like, you had all those years to do that. Mm. We seen Paul George go to OKC, right? I ain't lived in Portland for too long and all that, mm. but it ain't too much more in OKC oh, than oh. it is in okay. Portland. You know? If it is, it might be one thing. You know I don't what? know. You just but, opened up another can of worms, what? man. You have plenty of time to build a very good basketball team around Dame Dollar, and they never did. It's y'all fault. I'm okay. Saying, yeah. Well, when we fault. return, we have to take care of some family business. It's somebody's birthday, and they might just be not here today. <laughs> <laughs> Next on Speak. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> All right, family, we got to check in on our social life. Oh, my God, I'm wow. knocking over cups. Oh, uh, LaShawn McCoy is not here today because it is his birthday. Bill showed him love. Man. Eagle showed him love. Shady bouncing all over the set, <laughs> all over the set. Ah, I see you, kid. Hey, he was a baller, man. Shady wasn't nothing to be played with. I done played against Shady a bunch of times, and our, our defenders is like, dude, this dude is like baby Barry Sanders. And you've seen him putting people in blenders, man. So happy birthday, my G, because you was a happy problem. Happy birthday, Shady. Yeah, happy birthday, Shady. Shady was a problem yes. that didn't have a solution. Man. Yeah. Like the way that Shady would mix you know what? up cats. What? You know what? He still is. Favorite Shady memory because it is his birthday. It was the snow game oh, against the goodness. Detroit Lions. I think we all remember that. We could not plow yeah. the field. So we go into the locker room before the game. We couldn't plow right. the field. We come out eight inches of snow. Nobody could move. But him. Shady played <laughs> like it was 75 <laughs> and sunny. I will never forget that moment. Shady, you my dog for life. Happy Ten birthday. years friendship and running. Happy birthday.